our scripture today comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 11b through 12. For I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. This is the word of God for the people of God. A new favorite uh, church quote, you need to choose to be happy. Oh, man. <laughs> um, well, good morning again. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever made a bad investment that you're willing to admit, maybe? Have you ever received bad money advice? Or have you ever bought something and then, like, you get home and you're like, I shouldn't have spent that money, kind of some buyer's remorse, I really didn't need that llama for my backyard or whatever it might be. (laughs) I think if we all think hard enough, we can think of something that we've done that we maybe wasn't the smartest decision when it comes to money, but um, hopefully we're learning from our mistakes and not doing it again. Um, But we're talking about investments a little bit this morning. And when we invest in something, we want to get a good return on it, right? That's why we invest in it. Um, And we invest in things money-related. We also, there's an investment we make into the kingdom of God and into our relationships with Christ. That's probably our most important important investment. But second to that would be in our investment in our family. And if you're married, that's your investment into your spouse and into that relationship. That's uh, one of the most important things on this earth. And so uh, you want a good return on that investment there, right? Everyone with me? You agree? Um, And so we have to take some time and we have to put energy into that investment so that we uh, get a good return on it because it's worth it. Um, When it comes to marriages and our relationships with money and how we interact with money, um, sometimes it's easy to look at our spouse and be like, and see their issues, right? More, it's a little bit easier than looking at ourselves and seeing our own issues. But I want to read a scripture uh, to you from Matthew chapter 7. This is Jesus talking, and he says, Why do you see the speck in your spouse's eye, but not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your spouse, Let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your spouse's eye. Now, obviously, we change neighbor to spouse, um, but it, it fits, right? Uh, there's, it's uncomfortable to look at ourselves and see where we have issues and where we have struggles. Um, sometimes it's easier to see the problems elsewhere. But this morning, we're going to talk about um, how do we start with ourselves? How do we uh, work on ourselves to get a better return on our investment into our family and into our marriage, uh, especially when it comes to money and money issues? Um, one of the best things that we can do as we invest in our family and invest in our spouse is to learn to be content. And you heard the verse this morning. We're going to read it again here in a minute. But Paul talks about he knows the secret to contentment. Y'all want that secret, right? <laughs> um, we're going to give it to you. Um, but so many of our strivings for more things and better things and new things, they come from this uh, really this longing that we aren't content. And we think, well, if I get that new phone or if I have this bigger house or if I have this much money in my account, if I got this new job, well, then I would be content. 
And the truth is, though, th- those things probably will make you feel content for a little while, but then that burning comes back, and you want something bigger, better, newer. Uh, it's just the process of, of being human. Um, and so the Apostle Paul, he writes to this church in Philippi, and he reminds them of the joy of the kingdom of God and the fact um, that in all things he has learned this secret to being content, whether he has all that he needs or if he doesn't have much at all. Um, so the secret to contentment is a word I want to say. It's gratitude, okay? Um, it can really only come, contentment can only come when we recognize all that Jesus has done for us and our hearts live with that constant gratitude. And it's something that we have to cultivate. We have to recognize it daily. It doesn't come easy. Gratitude's not something that you wake up and you're like, oh, there's my gratitude. <laughs> Grab that. It's something we have to work on. We have to be intentional about. Um, and when it comes to money and marriage, we definitely have to be cultivating this sense of contentment and gratitude. But uh, there are differences that can cause fights and resentments uh, in our marriage if we're not careful. And so the purpose of our series that we're in this fight night uh, is to help us have a better understanding of ourselves and our spouses and our communication uh, when it comes to money and our relationships. And so we're going to give you a key insight this morning to help you on this journey. It's one you can write down if you're taking notes Um, And I want to remind you that a lot of our insights and research in this sermon series has come from a book called Thriving in Love and Money by Shanti and Jeff Feldhahn. Um, If you want to grab that, I think that would be something really helpful for you to look at as well. But I think think we might all agree that men and women are wired differently, right? We think differently. We process differently. We load the dishwasher differently. Anybody? Maybe. Is it just my house? One of us loads it right, and one of us loads it the other way, right? Um, I'm not going to say who does it how, but besides the dishwasher thing, I think that it really is a great thing how God has wired us differently. God's created male and female to bless each other and to complement each other, but if we're not aware of the differences and we don't see the glory in those differences, it can often lead to miscommunication and frustration and resentment. So here's our key insight. Are you ready? Our different wirings for processing and communication often make us clash and fight instead of connect when it comes to money. Our different wirings make us clash and fight instead of connect. Maybe you're nodding your head and you're like, yeah, amen. (laughs) Um, But if we want a great return on our investment in our marriage, we're going to have to be intentional in learning how to listen And learning how we differ when it comes to processing communication as um, man and woman, as husband and wife. Um, Men and women, they come to conclusions differently. They make decisions differently. I know you're shocked. Women, we tend to think out loud a lot of times and verbalize. Men, probably, they process a little bit more internally. Yesterday, I was talking to my husband, Ben, and I said, would you agree with this statement? I didn't give any context, and I just said... um, Men tend to think things through internally. Women tend to think things through by talking about them. And he thought for a minute, and he said, well, I'll just say I think women are are a lot better at at talking about things than men are. And I said, okay, I'll take that. (laughs) So that didn't come from me. He just said we're better, right? That's all I'm taking. We're just better, right? Um, But (laughs) at talking. We'll just leave that part to the side. Um, but, uh, 
bring it back. <laughs> you know, women do verbalize more. They think through more verbally and men think through internally. And when we don't um, recognize that or we don't remember that, it can often, it often lead to miscommunication. And so uh, research says that about seven out of 10 men want to process internally, think things through silently, go through all the options, the contingencies, the processes, the consequences of their decision. And then once they've done all that, then they share what, the, what they're thinking. And for the woman, it drives her crazy because we don't understand, if we don't understand that difference in processing, because we're wired uh, that we want to verbally process that. And so that can confuse and frustrate the man if he isn't aware of how she wants to verbally process. And so here's an example of how that might happen uh, in a marriage. So you have the guy, he's thinking through this money issue carefully. He's weighing all the options. He's thinking through the different ramifications and what could happen and here and there. And then he comes to conclusion and he comes to his wife and he says, wife, I think we should do this. And he thinks that's settled. It's, it's thoughts through. We can lay it to rest. We're finished with the conversation. But the wife's like, what? <laughs> She's come to a different con- conclusion, right? So she thinks that's the beginning of the conversation. And, and for, her, for her to process things correctly, she begins to ask questions and she needs to talk through the issues. And then the man might feel that she doesn't trust his decision because she's asking questions. And then if he verbalizes that, then she thinks that he's trying to force his way and force his decision and not listen to her. And that's when the resentments and the arguments begin. Has anyone been there? I know I've been there in my, in my own marriage. It's just, it's a cycle and we have to be intentional to break it and to have better uh, communication habits. Because it's all because we don't know how to listen correctly and give space for each one to process the way they were created to process. Um, And on top of all that, another critical difference between men and women when it comes to these uh, communication and and processing money-related issues uh, is that women tend to come to conclusions quicker than men. Amen? Anybody? Eh, Sometimes? Okay. Um, So... Women's more interconnected brain can tend to come to conclusions quicker about decisions than men can, and especially when it comes to emotional issues. Uh, Some other research in this book, it says that men can take up to seven hours longer than women to process highly emotional, complex issues. Men often can't even tell you what they're feeling in the moment, and it'll take them time to process and give you an answer of how they feel. And if men aren't careful, they can um, ignore those feelings and not properly work through them and kind of stuff them down if we're not careful. And so you can see how that can cause problems, especially if it's a decision where the wife thinks it needs to be talked about immediately, but the man doesn't really know how he feels yet. (laughs) And um, as we've just said, you know, if we aren't aware of, um, sorry, (laughs) Um, I'm just losing my place, guys. Sorry about that. Um, If we aren't aware of what the other person is going through and what they're thinking, um, we might get confused. We might annoy one another. Um, so what can we do about it? Uh, first, it's, pretty, it's very practical. It's honor how your spouse processes. Don't get annoyed by them and recognize that the way they're wired is a gift from God. Work with it instead of against it. Um, if possible for women, I think we need to give our spouse a little more time to process their feelings without pushing them. Give them that time. Both of you agree on a time frame to revisit it. Um, But until then, for the woman, I think we just try to let it go and trust that he's thinking about it and he's not ignoring it. And for the man, if you need time to process and be silent, give your wife a time frame. Say, you know, give me till the morning, give me till X 
amount of days, and I promise I'm going to be thinking about it, and, uh, and then we'll come together and talk. And remember that as you're processing, realize that for that time, for your wife, that's not a fun time. Um, and so try to be intentional about reassuring her and um, telling her, I haven't forgot about it, I'm still processing And then when you've had time to process that decision and you come and you are ready to talk to your wife, remember that she's going to want to talk about it. Um, She might disagree with you. She might uh, question your reasoning, but she's just doing verbally what you've already done internally. And I think for for the woman, we have to realize when we do ask those questions that sometimes that can make our husband feel like we are questioning them or we don't trust them. And we have to be intentional to say, I trust you but I just need to process this. I need to ask these questions. And when we can both see where the other person is coming from and be intentional to um, speak against those fears and doubts and insecurities and, um, and let the other person process and us be intentional about how we process, that's how we can communicate better and not turn into argument, fight, resentment, um, frustration. And so... Um, all of these things, they take time to form new habits, especially if you've created bad habits and you've been doing it one way a long time and you realize it's not working. (laughs) It's going to take time and it's going to take repetition to make these new habits something that, um, that, uh, become more natural, but it's worth it because our return on investing in our relationship is important and it's incredible. And so, um, we're wrapping up this series today, um, about, conversations about money. And as we do that, I want to give you a few final thoughts. The first one is to believe the best. Believe the best of your spouse's intentions, that when you get frustrated or confused, realize that most likely your spouse didn't wake up that morning saying, well, I wonder how I can bug them today. Maybe they, maybe they do in some ways, but they're probably not waking up saying, you know, I wonder how I can really just confuse my wife today and make her feel very uncertain and confused. Um, that's not usually uh, our spouse's intention. And we have to remember that and believe the best, that they do care, that they do want what's best for us and our family. And if we approach it from that perspective, that helps us stay in peace. Um, And the way that we can do that, I think, is um, looking for evidence that our spouse cares instead of looking for the evidence that they don't looking for evidence that our spouse does trust us and not looking for evidence that they are questioning us or that they are, they're doubting us. Um, the second thing is to cultivate contentment and gratitude. It's important in all areas of life. If you're single or married, um, money or other issues as well, having contentment and gratitude. I want to read our passage from this morning one more time. Paul says, I have learned to be content with whatever I have, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty, and of being in need. When we're actively pursuing this life of contentment and gratitude, it makes everything a little bit more easy and a little bit more peaceful. Because you know what verse comes right after this passage? It's a very well-known verse. Uh, It's Paul's uh, saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what comes right after this. Um, it's a verse that I think we often miss the true meaning of it because we don't see the context. Um, it's used often in our culture as, you know, I can win the game through Christ. I can, um, I can make it through this through Christ. I can uh, get the job with Christ. And, and that is, I think, a hint of what Paul means, that we can do things through Christ. But when you see that 
context in that bigger picture, um, there is a, it's Paul saying that, you know, when I do win the race, I'm okay. When I don't win the race, I'm okay. No matter what my circumstances are, I've learned the secret of contentment, and that's gratitude, because I can do all things through Christ, because he gives me strength. Um, and for me, that's what contentment and gratitude are, that no matter what our circumstances are, um, if we have X amount of money in savings or not, if we get the job or we don't, if we're in the red or in the black this month, um, that through Christ, we're still strong and we're still able to keep on going content and grateful. Which brings me to the next thing I want to share with you. Um, we have to realize and trust that God cares. Just as we have to believe the best in our spouse, we also need to have this deep sense of belief that God cares for us and wants the best for us. And um, I know when circumstances um, are not what we want them to be and things are tough, that that is hard to believe sometimes. And that is hard to remember because we have a lot of other things telling us differently. But um, be intentional to trust that God cares for you and to trust that God is with you and he is faithful. Um, <clears throat> if we truly want to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, and my fourth thing, um, I almost forgot it. <laughs> A fourth truth and practice that we need to embrace is to develop and recognize generosity that if we truly want to thrive and have a success as a couple, that we need to cultivate a sense of generosity and see generosity in our spouses. Uh, Proverbs 11.25 says that a generous person will be enriched and one who gives water will get water. And so um, believing the best in your spouse, cultivating contentment and gratitude, trusting that God cares and developing and recognizing generosity. Um, I hope that that uh, is helpful for you and that that's something that you'll write down and take with you. And, uh, and like we said, just learning to talk with your spouse. Um, as we finish up this morning, I want to invite the band back up. Uh, and I want to take, uh, take us back to the first sermon we had a couple of weeks ago to remind us of the two most important things that we can do as a couple to thrive in money. And the first one was to learn how to talk about money. Um, that even when it's awkward or uncomfortable, that we would embrace that and we would learn to talk. Um, if you need help, uh, we, our pastoral staff, would love to sit down and, and help your family if we can. Um, we encourage you to go to counselors if you need, uh, need some more professional help like that to talk with your spouse. Um, get this book that the, that the series is, is based on, um, Thriving in Love and Money, but work at it because that's the most important investment that you're making is in your family and in your spouse. And the second thing was to build a financial cushion, a rainy day fund. Um, I think I said this a couple weeks ago. It's not so that we can put our faith in that rainy day fund because our faith belongs in Christ. But having that cushion can alleviate a lot of stress that already surrounds such an uncomfortable topic to talk about sometimes. So we want to leave you with that. Um, we want you to have great conversations about money. Um, we might not always agree uh, in our, in our marriages and in our uh, families, but we um, can understand and believe the best and thrive uh, in this most important return on our investments. And so I want to pray for you this morning. And as we uh, spend a time, a little bit more time in worship, uh, the altar's open. If you'd like to come spend a little bit of time in prayer with, uh, for yourself or with your spouse, for your family, um, but know that God is good and uh, he is faithful. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you, God, for um, 
desiring what's best for us, for having good plans for us. And I, I pray that we would take that to heart this morning, that we can trust that you care. Um, it's First Peter, you say, to cast our cares on you because you care for us. And so God, I pray that you would take our burdens, take our struggles, our uncertainties, our fears. God, take those from us and give us your peace and your presence. Give us discernment and wisdom. God, help us to love like you love. And I pray for for families and marriages specifically that you would um, help them to thrive, help them to communicate and to make this a priority. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your precious name. Amen.